Hey, kids. I heard on the news that an airline pilot spotted Santa's sled on its way in from New York. Oh. <laughs> you serious, Clark? Tis the season to be merry. And here's the seminars going on next up February 9th through the 11th, April 12th through the 14th, then June 7th through the 9th. We do have our coaches workshop February 3rd on Long Island. This is geared towards folks that want to become better at coaching the barbell lifts. We go over the starting strength methods and principles and attendees will take each other through the five-step deadlift setup. There is a discount for active personal trainers, so check out the link for details. Then we have some self-sufficient lifter camps January 13th in Wichita Falls. And then May 18th in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning. Just added the Lift Shoot Fight Camp to the list. This is going to be May 18th and 19th in Wichita Falls. It will cover basic shooting skills, some combatives, and obviously some lifting. Press and Bench Press Camp January 20th on Long Island with a few spots left. Deadlift and Power Clean Camp on January 27th in Indianapolis at Starting Strength Indianapolis. And finally, our Rehab Injury and Pain Management Camp. This is a new camp. We have spots available on February 3rd in Chicago at Starting Strength Chicago. This is geared towards lifters and clinicians that want to get better at dealing with chronic pain and rehabbing injuries using the basic barbell lifts. Mick Delgadillo and Dr. Will Morris will be hosting this camp. And finally, give the gift of strength. This holiday season, Starting Strength Gyms are running a promotion for 50% off intros. We're also offering uh, discounts on an intro session plus a week of training or an intro session plus a month of training. So check out startingstrengthgems.com to find out more information. You can give these things as a gift or gift them for yourself. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Uh, it is indeed my pleasure to introduce Naomi Wolf to you. Dr. Wolf has decided to uh, grace us with her presence today, and we're going to talk about her new book, Facing the Beast. You need to read this. Facing the Beast. Courage and faith. Courage, faith, and resistance in a new dark age. And we're going to talk about this dark age that we have somehow entered into as a global society. And uh, I, I think uh, Dr. Wolf may be able to shed some interesting light on several things that we've all observed. Naomi, thank you so much for being with us today. I certainly appreciate your, your time today. I'm happy to be with you. Thank you. Naomi, let me ask you a question. What the hell has happened to us? I mean, you know, we, we've gone through this past three years, uh, first in March of 2020, with everybody running around like everybody was going to die, like the like nerve gas had been applied to everybody, and, uh, and this is the most deadly disease that's ever ever faced humanity and everybody obeyed 
everybody obeyed. Now, I remember a, a, a long time ago, and you remember this very clearly as well, when people would resist the idea that you were supposed to always do as you were told. You remember that very clearly. You were at the forefront of a whole bunch of that. And uh, suddenly, three years ago, in March of 2020, everybody decided to be afraid of what was essentially the flu. I don't think it was essentially the flu. I think it was the flu. And I think the way you know it was the flu is that in by 2021, the flu was gone and all there was was COVID-19. And nobody thought that was weird. A couple of people mentioned it, right? But what the hell happened to the flu? We're suddenly testing no cases of the flu in January of 2021. Have you people lost your minds? Do you not see something is wrong here? But it, it, it was mentioned for about two days, and then it went away. So what in the hell has happened to us? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> where do I start? Um, I mean, first, I, I thoroughly agree with everything you've laid out. Um, and I dealt with some of the answers, which I'll share with you and your audience as I see them. Uh, it, first in my book, The Bodies of Others, and now in Facing the Beast, which is kind of a sequel about the last three years. So first of all, the flu, right? I mean, I I do think, uh, I'm not sure I agree with you that we know or that we can say at this point that it was just the flu, because definitely the People's Liberation Army, which is in charge of the Wuhan lab in China, um, you know, were, have now been confirmed to have been working on making coronaviruses, which are colds and flus, more deadly. So maybe it was a lab leak. Maybe, uh, you know, this was uh, the cold and the flu was kind of heightened or made worse by their lab leak. A stunning story that fits in right there in that timeline is that in 2018, in 2019, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Dr. Fauci uh, actually infected some mammals from a roadside zoo in Maryland that he had shipped to a lab in, um, I believe, Montana that was owned by the NIH. And he got the uh, coronavirus, the heightened coronavirus from the Wuhan lab. So it could be that the lab leak was from here in the United States, right? But be that as it may, well, it could also largely be the... Uh, that, that hadn't Sorry. been talked about very much, has it? No, it came and went. But that, that's almost an aside because overwhelmingly the data are in your favor. Basically, if you look at the deaths from flu in the United States in 2017, um, they were like there were like 70,000 deaths from flu because how do very old people die? Very old people die from, you know, bronchial infections and right. cancer. And, right. you know, there's an incredible statistic that everyone should know. Uh, John Baudouin uh, analyzed the deaths in Massachusetts and, and looked at the ages of the people who died the, uh, of COVID. The average age of people who died with COVID, because no one died of COVID, right? It was right. always a comorbidity. Right. In Massachusetts was 84. The oh. average age of death in Massachusetts is 82. 
Okay. So there's no polite, sensitive way to say this, but the people who were recorded as dying with COVID, and that was reported because the media was sneaky about this as COVID deaths, these very shocking headlines that you're describing that caused fear for everybody. The eight, those, the people who died were the age of people who are, who died. Like that's the demographic. It's people who die. People die who, are, who are already people dead. Act- their lives died with COVID. Right. Uh, sorry, go ahead. People who were already dead, essentially. People, I mean, who yes. Who should have already been dead. Right. right. So the, and not to trivialize any death, but we are not immortal. So what no. these monsters at, you know, the CDC and so on were doing was basically counting as dead the demographic of people who die as, oh my God, it's a pandemic. And the other right. thing I do want to share with people, and I'm, I'm speaking now as a CEO of a tech company that deals with government databases, which is exactly what these scary headlines were purportedly based on. All of these maps, right, on the cover of the New York Times, these COVID maps, you know, Worldometer, the Johns Hopkins map um, that led to your local newspaper telling your mom or your dad or your daughter or your son, oh, no, there's a surge in COVID deaths. There's a surge in infections. You were not allowed to see those underlying data sets. So there is no way to verify those claims. And I literally because I know what to look for. Again, our developers make maps like that, right, out of government data. I literally looked all the way to the fine print on the Johns Hopkins site, the New York Times site, and they basically said, you're not allowed to look for these original data sets. They're not going to be provided. So we have no (laughs) idea if there was a pandemic. You know, we don't know. And in fact, um, I had leaked to me incredibly enough from people who create the maps for Johns Hopkins, which again were reproduced by the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, all around the world. And they basically said, um, most of these data sets are missing. You know, most of the states are not reporting. So we don't know if there was a pandemic is the bottom line, but you're you're a thousand percent correct that people were scared to death. People people agreed to be scared to death and scared people obey the rules because they're afraid not to. And this was the point. This was the point. No one is going to convince me that this whole thing was not a trial run for something coming up soon. No one is going to convince me that this was just a, they was, this was a test of the emergency broadcast system, as it were. Yeah. This is yeah. this was a test. It was only a test, and we failed it. Yeah. We failed it spectacularly. And well, I think that I think I see signs that people are beginning to realize what happened to them Mm -hmm. there's just some cracks in the wall appearing and uh they're subtle but there there are a few cracks in the wall and i think that uh the next time they try to pull a stunt like this there's going to be a whole lot more resistance to it than there was this last time but Mm -hmm. speaking about the last time there was virtually no resistance to this at all Mm -hmm. um I, back in the middle of this deal, going to the grocery store, 
when everybody had a mask on in the grocery store. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I will uh, gladly admit to being an obnoxious asshole, okay? <laughs> I would go in the grocery store and I would, I would, especially the men that were in there with a mask on, I would actually look at them and laugh. I would laugh wow. at them. And you know what every, and I'm not talking about some of them, but every single one of them did, they looked at the ground. Wow. They looked at the what ground. What is that? What, what does that mean when men make cowardice. other men look at the ground? Cowardice. My husband talks about this. I don't get it. What does it mean? Sorry. It, it means cowardice. Oh. It means I called him out for the obvious coward that he was, and he looked away. He didn't say, what are you laughing at? He looked hmm. at the ground. Not one person pushed back on that. Wow. Now, that was just my little effort at education, mm -hmm. right? Because if, if you know, the, the first thing I did back in about March of 2020 was I, I got online and I looked up the studies on masks. And there have been a lot of studies done on masks over the years. Mm -hmm. Starting back in the 1960s, we knew that masks don't do a goddamn thing. They did mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. nothing. They yeah. have tested masks in operating rooms and in hospital situations, and they don't do anything except yeah. keep the doctor from spitting in the wound. That's all. They mm -hmm. don't reduce disease transmission. They don't do anything right. at all. And that's not just one study that showed that. That's mm -hmm. a lot of studies that showed that. And yet here we are. You got people wearing diapers on their faces. You know, you tie a bandana on your face and now you've got a mask because now you're you're safe from the deadly COVID-19 virus. Right. And oh. uh, it's it's just so so disappointing but um you know i i'll have to say that i never wore one mm -hmm. the only time i had any kind of a mask at all on i had to go down downtown to transfer title on a car or something like that so i had to go down to the county and the county had uh deputies at all the doors mm -hmm. you know to keep people from walking in without a mask on <laughs> I, I, went down, I went down and i so i'm going in the front door and the and the lady says you have to have a mask on before you can go do your business here and i said i don't i don't have a mask mm -hmm. do you have a mask i can borrow and she says no i don't i'm sorry but you can't go in without a mask and i said well i have a bandana in my back right pocket and she said, well, that'll work. And I said, my shoulder hurts. Would you put it on me, please? <laughs> and just just to make them, make them jump through a hoop. <laughs> Reach in my back pocket and tie the thing on me. Then I walked in and I did my title transfer and I walked back out. I said, all right, I, I, my shoulder still hurts. Can you take this off? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she laughed. She actually laughed. And, and that's good it. and yeah she knew she knew you know it was it was pretty funny but uh the the things that we were reduced to 
back back then it's just absolutely amazing everybody that closed their businesses you know and i you know i just wonder how much tax revenue that cost the state of texas and texas wasn't particularly bad about this you know yeah but. Yeah, no, you're you're right to to ask. I mean, it was a, one of the greatest um, property transfers in in modern history. Uh, basically, these rules, um, which were didn't even have the force of law, um, forced mom and pop businesses to close, Main right. Street businesses to close. But Walmart stayed open, Costco stayed open, liquor stores stayed fascinating. open. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Our friend Ed Dowd told us on this podcast a while back, and and I found this fascinating, but you know he's right, that the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines taken together were the single most profitable consumer products in the history of the human race. Now, my God, that is a hell of a statement. But he's got the numbers, and you know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, exactly right. It was. It's. It's basically not even. Well, I'll get into that. But it's not even a, a product. It turns out that it's a bioweapon, and um, I do reveal yes. the reason I believe that in facing the beast. Um, right. But just before I explain that, I do want to share with you that big tech aligned, like Zuckerberg and um, Google and Twitter aligned with the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Wellcome Trust, to bring about all the horrors of the lockdowns and the masking and the um, forced injections. Uh, And if you go to uh, the Chan Zuckerberg Partners website, it's the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation, it's um, Mark Zuckerberg's foundation, you'll see that basically they flowed millions and millions of dollars. And so did the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, like all these cutouts, right? All these nonprofits to, you know, governors to ensure that there was distance learning to, you know, teachers unions to ensure that there was distance learning. They funded making sure all the kids had strong, you know, broadband so that they could be locked in their rooms for a year and a half. You know, they, 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 funded tiny little community groups and churches and synagogues to overcome vaccine hesitancy. And these tech bros were invested in the vaccines. And as I pointed out in the body of others and reprised it in um, Facing the Beast, they also, you know, Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook, um, they all are up, were up 23% net revenue by locking us in our homes and forcing us onto these computers and making us afraid of one another, making it impossible for us to worship together in real life or go to a real town hall meeting or a real movie. They just harvested and harvested the data and the profits from from locking us down and scaring us to death. And then they harvested, you know, you mentioned this, these profits from the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. It's, you know, when I say it's not a product, it's literally like these governments at the behest of the World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, you know, held their populations hostage. and wrote gigantic checks of taxpayer money to Pfizer, to Moderna, um, to, you know, it, 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 to to mandate uh, these injections into the bodies of their populations. They basically human trafficked all of us. And as a result yeah. of that, sorry, the dog is trying to climb into my lap. As a result of that, we all were um, 
not only coerced, but billions and billions and billions of dollars were stolen from our treasury and handed over to these monsters. And then the last thing I'll say is what's in the Pfizer injections, um, and we're just starting on the Moderna injections, but some of your audience may know that my uh, company, Daily Clout, oversees a project, and Steve Bannon kind of launched it, um, and it it was a call. To, I'm just going to pick him up if you don't mind. That's fine. Go ahead and show us the doggy. We're, nobody likes dogs more than we do, except maybe you. Oh, look at there, little hairy animal. <laughs> I like your I like your pet there on your desk. Sure. <laughs> yes, this is this is monkey. He's been with us from the beginning. <laughs> is he a mascot? Yes, he's our mascot. He awesome. moves around on the desk from time to time. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. <laughs> you just never know um, so where he'll be. You never know with these creatures, you know, alive or toy versions. So the this group, um, 3,250 doctors and scientists joined together to read through the Pfizer documents, which were released under court order um, by lawsuit. And the FDA tried to keep these documents hidden for 75 years. And now we know why. Yes. So, that, that didn't raise any eyebrows, did it? Right? Yeah. How do you say guilt more? Sorry. How do you say guilt more more directly than trying to keep uh, keep the public from seeing documents that the public owns? Basically, it's, right. you know, the public owns these documents. Anyway, very briefly, sadly, the documents um, confirmed the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history, yes. uh, committed by Pfizer, with a special focus on destroying human reproduction. And in fact, we're seeing a 13 to 20% drop in live births, damage to, to women and to babies, and they knew about it, um, as well as the deaths, 1,225 deaths in three months, the strokes, blood clots, lung clots, leg clots, liver damage, uh, kidney damage, thrombotic thrombocytopenia, um, arthritis pain, Pfizer knew that the vaccines didn't work to stop COVID. The, they knew that within a month of rollout, the third right. most common side effect COVID. Well, um, well let me I, let me get you to repeat that first statistic. What did it do to the birth rate? Now, listen carefully, sure. boys and girls. It's very important. The injection, the Pfizer documents show that Pfizer very um, – obsessively focused on human reproduction and knew that they were destroying it, whether it was uh, lowering men's sperm count to degrading the testes of baby boys in utero through their injection. Um, the, the, the injection turns off or damages the Sertoli cells and Leydig cells of baby boys in utero's testes, meaning the factories of masculinity later in life that allow boys to turn into men basically with broad shoulders and deep voices and the ability to father children that's being degraded. They knew that the lipid nanoparticles block the ovaries. Um, they knew that the lipid nanoparticles accumulate in women's ovaries so that with each injection you get, you're getting more of these fatty industrial fats in your ovaries. Uh, nurses are saying that when women of childbearing age now have abdominal surgery, not even related to their ovaries, they can see that their ovaries are blocked with this material. Pfizer knew that the lipid nanoparticles traverse the placenta. They traverse every organ in the human body. So the, they're causing um, calcifications, the placentas of women, uh, which prevents um, oxygen and, and nutrients from reaching the baby in utero. They also prevent the placentas from growing normally. 
think about the last time you saw a heavily pregnant woman and you don't see them anymore, right? Because babies are being delivered prematurely because the placentas are, vaccinated moms' placentas are about two inches in diameter on average, um, smaller than normal placentas. And not only are babies being delivered prematurely with all the health problems that can bring, but women's deaths in childbirth are up by 40% because these uh, compromised placentas- 40%. 40%, like back to the 19th century for childbearing women, it's dangerous. Infections and hemorrhages, the placentas are falling apart basically in childbirth. Um, Pfizer has this hideous document, well, two places. One place it shows that the uh, spontaneous abortions and miscarriages are over 80%. And in another section- Correct. You heard that right. And in another section, they prepared a pregnancy and lactation report. That's the title for the White House and the CDC and the FDA. And it showed that two babies died in utero. Pfizer concluded the reason was maternal exposure to the vaccine. In other words, they concluded the vaccine killed the babies. They They have a chart. They concluded they have a chart showing all the ways babies were suffering and getting sick from drinking vaccinated mom's breast milk, fevers, convulsions. One baby died, um, swelling of the, their tissue because they're ingesting not only lipid nanoparticles, mRNA and sp- spike protein, they're ingesting um, polyethylene glycol, which is a petroleum product. It's in antifreeze. Babies are, are, you know, drinking it and then getting very, very sick. And Pfizer just has a... A, a chart showing how sick these thousands of babies are getting from nursing vaccinated moms. This this report went to the White House and the CDC in April 20th of 2021. Three days later, Dr. Walensky gave a press conference telling American women to get vaccinated. Uh, she said there was no bad time to get your mRNA vaccination before you got pregnant, during your pregnancy, or after your baby was born. And she had this document in her hands showing that this injection was killing American babies and and endangering American moms. So I just want to kind of skip to the end and say, this is very much the subject. Right. These people. This injection is manufactured by China. China has the IP. China produced a billion doses with Pfizer in an MOU for export. They didn't use it on their own people. They exported it to Western Europe and North America. They've opened like 14 distribution plants in the United States or distribution points, including headquarters in New Jersey and in Massachusetts. And so since 2021, when you get a Pfizer injection, you're getting something manufactured and distributed by people who want us dead. That is yes. uh, the you are having to ignore a lot of things if you don't believe that if you don't believe they want us dead then you are prepared to believe that uh, Popeye really knocked Bluto out all those times (sighs) you know you, you have lost your mind if you don't see this is very very clear the whole point of this thing, and how many times have these geniuses talked about reducing the population of the earth? You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, this conspiracy theory, you know, you know that your Wikipedia page calls you a conspiracy theorist. I mean, please, my Wikipedia page and my reputation a, around the world changed overnight. Yes, it's a disaster. These people. I know that. 
aware of that. Yeah, they used to say Rhodes Scholar, you know, Oxford, Yale, and then oh, overnight. Oh, there's other shit. But now you're just a conspiracy theorist. Right. You know. But it happened when I warned women that women were reporting right. menstrual dysregulation from the injection. That day, I was deplatformed from Twitter and my reputation changed around the world. AI right. can do that. I didn't understand it at the time. Well, uh, it's fascinating that uh, the truth gets you deplatformed. This is just yeah. another uh, another symptom of the 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 sea change that has taken place in the past three years. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that everything was fine in 2018. It's pretty you know? good. Though. <laughs> uh, it was Compared relatively <laughs> speaking. It was pretty good. Wasn't it? But yes, it I was. mean, you, you've got to be, you have to be just stupid to, to believe what you're being told by anybody's government at this point, you have to you have to be a, just a, a gullible fool to not see what has happened here. Totally. And uh, you know, I don't know what. You know, this is just the beginning of this. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm afraid that that uh, what has happened here has has changed the. Uh, you, you know, maybe you've got the, the vocabulary to explain this. What has happened to people's credulity over the past three years? Do you yeah. you have a way to, to describe this bizarre, sudden acceptance of what would never before have been agreed to? I think I do, uh, but it's going to sound odd Good. to people who you know, it, it to ought to sound who, odd yeah yeah thank you Shouldn't i'm it? in the right place to say whatever i need to say yes um i mean the subtitle of my book talks about faith and i you know i was up against exactly and am up against exactly this question like what happened to people how could you know all these people who cared about women's health uh do away overnight with my body, my choice, you know, or be right. willing to let women and babies be harmed so badly. How could people, I come from the left, um, <laughs> how could people who claim to be inclusive and not discriminating against gay men or lesbians or, you know, people of color overnight embrace a discrimination society based on medical status, right? right. How could people know perfectly well, like the left used to know, educated people used to know that the government can lie to you, big business can lie to you, pharma can lie to you. We used to know that. And then overnight right. there was this kind right. of delusional like quality. So it, it, it was I, fascinating how rapidly that changed, isn't it? Totally. Totally. So to, to speak to that, because I, I see that our, our time is is running out, um, I couldn't explain what was happening in ordinary material or political terms. Um, my I, I've read history very deeply and no human history looked like this. So I had to conclude we are not now in normal human history and that we're in some sort of biblical history or metaphysical history in which um, what's happening to human beings and institutions is just a symptom of a larger struggle between good and evil. And then I had to think about the nature of evil and 
I had to conclude that no one could accomplish what was done to us since 2020 uh, by human beings alone, even bad human beings, even Stalin and Hitler weren't able to move in lockstep globally all at once around the world. And that some like evil power had been kind of unleashed on the world that was not human. And then, and I'm kind of skipping to the end, I really struggled with that because to me, Satan didn't really solve the problem for a number of reasons. One is that I'm Jewish and Satan in the Hebrew Bible isn't um, that prominent a figure. Uh, And the other problem I had was that Satan in the Western tradition still cares about God in a negative way and still cares about human beings and is trying to kind of get human souls. But this force that I felt around us doesn't care about us and you know, isn't even engaged with God. You know, it's just this blunt negative force. Mm-hmm. So then I read a book by uh, a Messianic Jew, meaning a Jew who's accepted Jesus, and his name is um, Jonathan Khan. Sorry about that. The Return of the Gods. And he talks about his view that we took our hands off the covenant, off the Judeo-Christian covenant through amorality and just like not caring about our families and about morality. And and that left us like that parable in the New Testament of an empty room uh, that got inhabited by demons and occupied by demons. And basically his argument is the retur- that the pagan gods have returned, meaning the pre-Jewish, pre-Christian, um, polytheistic gods. Uh, and he means like Baal and Moloch and Asherah. So like violence and, and power and licentiousness. And I'm not trying to say literally that that's happened. You know, these are just labels of energies, basically, in my view. But to me, that was a very useful concept because it really feels like that now. It feels like overnight, you know, institutions that were devoted to Judeo-Christian values, like hospitals devoted to saving lives or schools devoted to educating children safely or governments not killing people flipped overnight. And now hospitals are killing people and the elderly are dying alone and children are being abused with masks or, you know, groomed sexually or, you know, governments right. are in Canada are proposing suicide right. if you're a depressed teenager. Right. It's Basically, a, it I mean, like if, if remdesivir and, and remdesivir and a ventilator kills you and the hospitals right. killed tens of thousands of people, they murdered them. But we, for money. We, for money is exactly yeah. what they did. And nobody said anything about it. About it. I, nobody said anything about this. You put your mother in the hospital and they kill her. And you just go to the funeral? I, this is, you know, and I'll repeat my first question. What in the hell has happened to us? Why well, does this not? Answer, right? You have my best answer. Like, yeah. That couldn't be possible if there weren't forces that we do not understand in material terms that have been allowed to reoccupy our world. And so, I mean, the good news is, and I'm going to have to end on a good news note because unfortunately my my time with you is now up. I'm sorry, I have to hop off. But um, I feel like this is a test put to us put to humanity by God. And I can't think of a, a better test in a way. I mean, it's horrible, but it's like, we can't be neutral, you know, choose this day, like whom you serve, right? Like 
we have to either speak up against the murder of our fellow human beings and risk ostracism and financial hits and being called conspiracy theorists and all the rest of it, or worse in places like Australia and Canada, they can switch you off or they can put you in a quarantine camp or, you know, we are silent and then we, we literally are going along with the most evil forces. And, and I think our, our immortal souls at stake, I think it's nothing less than that. Right. Well, uh, Naomi, I sure do appreciate your time. Uh, I, I thank you for talking to us about this today. And if, uh, I mean, I'd I'd like to be able to talk to you again sometime, and we'll just have to. The smarter we all get about this, the better off we'll all be in the long run. Absolutely, I agree. We've we've had Dr. Naomi Wolf with us today on Starting Strength Radio, and uh, appreciate her time. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.